How will the world meet growing energy demand while reducing emissions? What technology, human capital, policy, and education is needed to making the energy transition a reality? What are the myths and hard truths about all forms of energy, our environment, and our economy? The Voices of Energy sets out to explore these questions with the people at the heart of making these changes a reality. We'll go from conversation to application by focusing on actionable strategies that will drive the world and our industry into a new era. I'm Katie Maynard, founder and CEO of Ally Energy, and this is the Voices of Energy. Julie Angus is the CEO and co-founder of Open Ocean Robotics, our marine robotics and data analytics company. She is a best-selling author, scientist, and explorer who received National Geographic's Adventurer of the Year Award when she became the first woman to row across the Atlantic Ocean from mainland to mainland. She is a keynote speaker who's inspired hundreds of corporate audiences sharing lessons in leadership, teamwork, and overcoming challenges. Julie has written three books, has a graduate degree in microbiology, and is a serial entrepreneur who co-founded two previous ocean-focused businesses. She's the director on NATO's Maritime Unmanned System Initiative Innovation Advisory Board and a board member for the Center of Ocean Applied Sustainable Technologies. In 2020, she was awarded Innovator of the Year by BC Business, and in 2021, she was recognized as an industry icon by the BC clean tech industry. Wow. In addition to these business awards, she has been recognized in the realm of science, writing, and exploration, including University of Victoria's Distinguished Alumni Award, McMaster University's Young Alumni Award, North America's Leading Adventurer by Explorer Magazine, one of Canada's greatest women explorers by Canadian Geographic, Royal Canadian Geographic Society Fellow, and many others. Wow, Julie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Katie. It's really great to be here. Yeah, when you read all that, it does sound impressive, but at the same time, it makes me feel old. I'm right there with you. You know, what a badass you are. I knew when we would do female execs of climate tech as a series, we would be excited to have you. So I'm so glad you're here. Okay, let's get into this. Let's dig in. Our first thing we do is a rapid fire round. So you ready? Rapid fire. Okay, totally ready. All right. Morning or night person? Definitely morning. I get up at like four-ish every morning. Good girl. Me too. We're going to be texting each other. All right. <laughs> you're on the East Coast, so your 4 a.m. is like no, my morning. I'm I'm on Central. Okay. <laughs> Where are you? West Coast? West Coast, yeah. Oh, you poor thing. Poor thing. Well, yeah, it's 6 a.m. by the time uh, you're up. So, okay. Beach or mountains? Totally beach, water, yeah. Excellent. Favorite place you've traveled? Oh, I don't know. I'd say Europe, Southern Italy. Sounds good. Wine country? Mm. Wine country, mountain, ocean country. The Manny Peninsula is one of my favorite spots. Very nice. Very nice. Person you most want to meet? Elon Musk, probably. Hey, he's on my list too. (laughs) That's a good one. Okay. And he's in Texas. So there's motivation for you to come here and visit me as well. New hobby you've picked up during COVID. I'm going to think this is a bit weird, but cold water immersion. So I go running and then I go sit in the ocean for like 10 minutes and it's cold here. It's like 
still winterish. I don't think that's crazy. That's like cryo, right? Cryotherapy kind of thing. Yeah. And it's supposed to be so good for your immune system, but really I just feel great after I feel like I have so much energy and I'm really alert. Cool. Frozen, but yeah. All right. So let's talk about open ocean, ocean robotics. Wow. I mean, did I ever think I was going to have a conversation with such an amazing woman, you know, you have spent five months alone with your husband rowing a boat from mainland Europe to North America. Have you lost your mind first? And tell us the motivation behind doing this and how it led to open ocean robotics. Yeah. So Colin and I did that journey in 2005, 2006. So we were engaged at that time and and we're now married. So the journey obviously went okay. And I think for both of us, you know, we, we love exploring, we love the water and it was a way to push ourselves, but also experience the ocean in a really unique and intimate way. I mean, when you're out there for five months, continuously on the open ocean, slowly rowing your way across it, you see it in all its flavors and you see so many animals and you're sort of immersed in this completely different environment. And in terms of how it led to open ocean robotics, for me, it was a really eye-opening experience being just surrounded by, you know, water and blue sky for months at a time, thinking how nobody really gets to see this part of the ocean. And that's one of the big challenges our oceans face is that so much of them, like 80% of them are unexplored, unmapped, unobserved. So we don't really understand a lot of the the challenges that they face from overfishing or pollution or climate change. But in order to, to go out there and understand them, to collect data, you know, you need better solutions. And robot boats or autonomous boats are a great solution to that because they're safe, there's nobody on them, they're way more affordable, and they can go out through the worst of weather. Like our autonomous boats can go through a hurricane and they're constantly collecting this data and and sending it back in real time. So that's how the idea started. And then it was many years later when we actually formed the company. Awesome. Wow. I don't know if I could do five months alone in a boat with my husband. That is, wow. I mean, I'm listening to this. I'm thinking about this conversation. We're partially into it and I'm thinking, okay, you are amazing. You get up at four in the morning, you can run, get your self into the ocean and freeze yourself. And then you can get into a boat for five months and be with your husband. That is just amazing. I mean, wow. And it's an inspiring story. You know, I'm curious, how do you guys use the data you're collecting? What kind of companies do you work with and help out? Yeah. So our autonomous boat, it's solar powered. It's called Data Explorer. Although our engineering team has named each one after uh, Scooby-Doo characters. So Daphne is the latest boat and you can put lots of different sensors on it. So the sensors you put on dictate what you can measure. So for example, last year we were involved in, in three large pilot projects. One was for illegal fishing enforcement. So right now, about 30% of the fish caught every year is caught illegally. And the challenge is, even though we have these areas that are marine protected areas, there's nobody watching them. So, you know, there's no neighborhood watch kind of thing. So what we need is 
boats like ours and other technology that can just observe these areas and and provide some level of security. So we were involved in a project to assess the capability there. Another area is seafloor mapping. So right now, still about 80% of the ocean is unmapped. You know, when you look at the Arctic, only 1% of it is mapped to modern day standards. And so that's really important for navigation, ensuring ships can pass safely for understanding the composition. Um, So once again, autonomous boats can solve a lot of those challenges. So we did another project for the Canadian Coast Guard in that. And then the last one we did was marine mammal monitoring. And that was with Greentown Labs and Vineyard Winds, the offshore wind challenge. And so there the challenge is, you know, any kind of offshore uh, construction or even, uh, you know, transportation, you want to ensure the safety of these marine mammals, especially when they're endangered, like the North Atlantic right whale. So autonomous boats can listen to them and you can hear them from quite a distance away. So we put a hydrophone on our boat and we listened for their vocalizations. And then when we heard them, we could send an alert saying, hey, there's a whale in the area. And then people could take the appropriate action. That is so cool. I'm curious because it sounds like such a disruptive piece of technology, an innovative product that you've developed Do you think it's an overlooked or untapped market when it comes to decarbonization? Yeah, I think our oceans are to some extent not fully utilized for decarbonization. And like the blue economy is one of the fastest growing economies. It's predicted to reach 3 trillion by 2030. And, you know, the oceans are ready, play such an important role in combating climate change. They've absorbed 90% of the heat attributed to greenhouse gas emissions. You know, they absorb significant amounts of carbon dioxide. They produce half the oxygen we breathe. But there is the role for the oceans to play an even larger role in ensuring a sustainable future through decarbonization. When you think of clean energy, so offshore wind, there's tremendous opportunities there. Looking at sustainable seafood, commercial fisheries or aquaculture, once again, you know, the opportunity for uh, an important protein source that's produced more sustainably than, you know, what we think of as as beef or or other land-based sources. There's carbon sequestration. So, you know, you could grow seaweed farms or you could store the carbon in the bedrock. So there's, there's lots of innovative opportunities and ways that we can use our oceans even more to help improve our climate. Okay. I'm listening to this and there's so much about the water that I don't understand. And I now understand why you could be in a boat for five months rowing. You clearly love, love the water and you love the marine life. And it's amazing to hear you talk about this. It's a very different approach when it comes to technology and applying that to lowering our carbon and Congratulations to you. So you're a part of Greentown. So tell me something about that. So how long have you been a part of Greentown and what do you like the most about it? Yeah, so I joined Greentown when we were selected to participate in the Offshore Wind Challenge. So, I mean, Greentown Labs is amazing. It's this community of, you know, clean tech entrepreneurs, a lot of them focused on hard tech solutions, you know, which is the area that we're in. It's a very supportive environment. There's lots of people to connect with, to, you know, ask ideas and and support of. They run all these different programs, you know, so 
For example, you know, I learned about building a board of directors. Our hardware team has connected with people. They have like different software resources. And we're not even like based in Massachusetts, right? So I think like if we were there, it would be really cool to utilize their physical resources as well. And, you know, I continuously think like when the border opens and we can enter the U.S. from Canada and, you know, if we look to expand, I mean, it just makes so much sense as a great launching point. Yeah, no, we're excited about being a part of the Houston launch tomorrow, in fact, and it's a great day, obviously, to launch. Yeah, happy Earth Day. (laughs) I know, happy Earth Day to you. Okay, and so our last set of questions are all around the questions we ask female climate tech leaders like yourself to help this next generation. So the first is, what is your why? What is my why? Um, you love getting in boats with your husband and rowing. I mean, I'm, I'm still stuck on this because I can't wait to tell my, my, my hubby about this. No, what is your why? You get up every day at four. I, mean, I love exploring. So, you know, I, I love exploring through my adventures, you know, on the ocean, but I love exploring the business world as well and creating these solutions that can be very impactful. And I really believe very strongly that business endeavors can make a tremendous impact in improving society and improving our environment. And I guess that's my why. I want to see that executed and I want to see us protect our oceans and, you know, also utilize them to uh, improve society, to improve, you know, the environment um, and deal with some of the challenges that they have faced historically. Okay. And then this next question is all around mentors and role models. So have you had a female role model or mentor in your career that has helped get you to where you are today? Or maybe you've had a male mentor. Yeah, I've, I've had lots of mentors at, at different stages in my career. So, you know, I remember when I, I first graduated from university and I did my, my master's in molecular biology, but, you know, I, I really didn't want to do research. And, you know, I started to move more into the business world and I spent an internship working at a venture capital firm. And one of the VCs, a woman, Jennifer Hamilton, sort of took me under her wing and we're still friends now. And I just, you know, find her so inspiring, you know, in part with you know, she's a pioneer, you know, one of few female VCs at that time, but just, you know, her leadership. And then even like when I started this company, we were selected as a finalist in the Women in Clean Tech Challenge, which was supported by Mars Discovery District, which is an accelerator out of Toronto. And I remember going there for that first pitch where, you know, it was a big crowd and, and then after we won, but walking through the facility and it was just so gleaming and so full of all these bustling, innovative companies. And I just thought, wow, how, how can we get there? And, you know, one of the women leading that initiative, Jane Kearns had, you know, had a successful clean tech company and she was now, you know, supporting entrepreneurs like me in in guiding us down that path. So yeah, she was also quite impactful. Awesome. I look back and mentors were the, well, they're the reason that we get to where we are, but I will say that in the world of entrepreneurship, it's so different having to have different mentors and different people to lean on to kind of learn the ropes. So no, this is awesome. Okay. And then our last question is what advice do you have for younger generations wanting to enter into a job in either climate tech or sustainability? And what do you think these careers will look like in the future? 
know, I would obviously encourage them because I think, you know, it's important to embrace sustainable solutions and technologies. And so we need more smart young people moving into these areas in terms of how it's going to look in the future. Like when I think of it through the lens that I view things for our company, which is very ocean focused, I see more of a move towards robotics, more of a move towards big data, understanding those analytics. So I think there'll be definitely increased opportunities for positions that that require those kinds of engineering and, and software skills, and maybe, you know, less positions for people to be on the ocean in ships. Of course, that will always be important, but definitely moving forward, I can see more things being done remotely in terms of how we, you know, get information from our oceans. Excellent. Julie, it's been amazing to meet you, to hear your story, to connect with uh, like minds. I've, I'm not in the climate tech space, although they keep saying, yes, you are, you're in the human climate tech space. It's such a delight to see other women doing things to help drive a more sustainable planet forward. And I know my daughter, Allie, will appreciate knowing that women like yourself and I and others that are part of Greentown and other incubators across the U.S. and the world are doing really neat and great things. So thank you for so, so much for your advice and for your stories and congratulations on all your success. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for having me. It's been a real pleasure to be on the podcast and you are definitely part of the Climatech space. (laughs) 